as entrepreneurs, fellow entrepreneurs, how many of you would like to double or triple your business? <laughs> I know I would. We all would. We want to make a bigger den in the universe, if you will. And one of the ways we can do it is using today's technology. But I don't know about you. Um, I've had some false starts along the way. And I was recently at a event, a very good friend of mine, Jason Gennard, does uh, called Mastermind Talk. And it was about 160 uh, fellow entrepreneurs. We spent four days in Ojai together. It was just phenomenal. And I kept asking people, who's the right digital agency to help me kind of accelerate my success? And uh, everybody kept on pointing to this one guy. And he was so busy, I didn't really get a chance to talk to him that much uh, other than say hi. And I'd love to have you on my podcast so I can learn a little bit more of what you're doing. And I thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity for all of us because he was holding court there. <laughs> and really, he's been very successful in helping so many people. I heard it over and over again. He has a concept he calls the five pillars of really success, of that doubling and tripling your business. And if you're like me, you want to do it. So stay tuned and we're going to go through step-by-step step how you can do it. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Dev, I am so excited that you could join us today. I mean, you're, you're kind of 160 guys. I'm a pretty big guy, too. I know sometimes on video people will say I'm small, but I'm 6'3", 240, and I can push my way around. And uh, uh, you were already su surrounded by a crowd, so I really appreciate you taking the time today. And, and I, I just heard nothing but great things. I, I want you know our viewers and listeners and my fellow entrepreneurs to really walk away with what you're seeing working out there because you've got one of the most successful agencies out there and dev though you know before one of the ways i always like to start is a little bit of background um share with me how you know i always kind of joke we probably didn't wake up at five age five and say i am going to be a digital uh marketing master or guru you know how did you get on this journey yeah, pleasure to be here, John. Uh, it's actually an interesting story. I was about 17 working at Microsoft, didn't know anything about digital marketing, and we ran into a bit of a conundrum. Back in those days, we um, we had a search engine called msn.ca, and this was before Bing existed. And I had to send out this link, uh, this really cryptic URL on SharePoint to about 300 people every single month. Just got tired of doing it. And so I asked them to search for it at that point in time. And I, I wasn't able to say the, the big G word as in Google, basically. <laughs> so they started looking for it, my customers, they couldn't find this URL on a search engine that we had created. And uh, lo and behold, uh, this is a big problem, of course, the conundrum. We pulled in our creative agency to, to help solve the problem, paid them a whole whack of money, and they couldn't do it, and they blamed it on the algorithm. And that's when I knew I was onto something. I started getting a little curious about how search engines worked and how content on the web was all organized. And that's, uh, in short, how I got on the journey to becoming uh, 
uh, somebody that you know really was is passionate about digital uh, marketing. Yeah, David, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you. I, I grew up in the financial services industry, and and I I really I've, you know, I've had the opportunity to grow a number of businesses, and it's been more the relationship side. We've got a lot of great technology for all the investments and the the advanced planning things. But six years ago, I didn't know what an SEO was. I mean, it's, you know, you started PPC and this and that and all the acronyms. And what I want to do, I, mean, I think most of my fellow entrepreneurs are much more knowledgeable than I was six years ago. But I want to take them through kind of, uh, I, I love your pillar process of five pillars because you know, it's just like, the, you know, the large firm, I mean, Microsoft obviously knows a little bit about technology along the way. And, you know, I'm in Silicon Valley and I'm just surprised how many people aren't using digital marketing, uh, you know, kind of all the tools that are available uh, to really kind of, you, you talk about that doubling and tripling. And, and once you've got a great experience in your, you know, product solution, I mean, that ability to leverage now has never been greater. Totally. So what, what are these five pillars? So I call them the five pillars of predictable growth. And I'll, I'll talk about all five and then I'll talk to you about. Yeah, let's dive. Why don't you give me the big overview and let's dive in. I want to go one at a time because I've got a bunch of questions along the way. Too. So, so there's five pillars. The first one is the platform. The second one is the product. The third one are the people. Fourth is promotion. And the fifth one is performance. Okay, so let's start right at the beginning. You know, we got platform, and and this platform, you know, you're you're talking about the platform for content, and I know one of the things that uh, has been just phenomenal for me in growing our business is that content. I mean, we create all kinds of content. We found it as a great way to differentiate ourselves from the rest of the marketplace and to attract people who are interested in what we do. To do it, I mean, some of the content is like creating this podcast, this show today, the eBooks, the articles, mm, and everything. Yeah. Um, what do you mean, though, by a platform? You know, how? What is there's that? Lots of, there's lots of ways to think about it. A platform, and, and really think about it as a stage or the home in which you house all of your content. And it, that could be different from you know business to business. So, if you sell primarily through video, then your platform could be YouTube. But for most people, and for most marketers, it tends to be their website. Their website hosts all of their content. And so some of the decisions that go into choosing the type of site they basically have, uh, the actual software that basically runs their website, can make or break their performance in, in search. Um, so usually they end up getting to a point where they can't grow their business beyond their website. So the website almost shackles them to uh, you know, not being able to grow. And so choosing the right platform is really important when it comes to being able to scale your business, whether it's through SEO or through other channels. And, uh, and that's why it's important. So uh, give me an idea of kind of what's, wrong, what's a wrong platform to build on and what's a right one, a little bit more guidance. Sure. So you know what, if you're trying to maybe build your business on something like Wix or Weebly or uh, Squarespace even for that matter, just because it's easy to get out the door and you want to get a landing page set up, uh, that would be an example of a platform that does not scale and won't help you as your business grows. Now, a, a platform that might make sense for you if you're an e-commerce business, you might want to use Shopify. If you are in a coaching business or you're primarily doing information products, that might be WordPress, for example. If you're a slightly larger business, it could, it could become uh, Drupal or 
uh, you know, Joomla, for example. And then as you start getting really large, you get into platforms like Adobe Experience Manager or HP TeamSite, uh, depending on the size of your company. So, and what, let me kind of, I'm going to go, because so many of my peers are doing this too, that we, you know, we built really good-sized businesses, we're profitable, we're using, you know, tools like Salesforce for our CRM, usually some kind of marketing automation, whether, uh, you know, Pardot or mm -hmm. um, Eloqua or Marketo or something like that, we use Pardot and, you know, have different, I'm using on 24 for a platform for webinars and hosting some things. Is that what we're talking about or is it something different? We're really talking about our content management system. So, you know, the ability to host all your content onto one platform. When you're talking about marketing automation or your webinar software, you might be integrating the scripts basically into your website mm -hmm. so that you're able to think of think of your content management system as a conduit almost that that hosts your your message basically. And that would be that second portion, which is the product. What is it that you're actually selling? Um, and the content that surrounds it. Okay, and so let's let's go. So we've got you know pillar one platform. We're real clear. We got the product, and and you know so many of the entrepreneurs we have some that are selling professional services, some that are selling kind of digital solutions, maybe even including coaching, and then we have others that are selling you know tangible products, physical products. Um, how does that affect these five pillars? Well, it affects it in the way that you start talking about your products or solutions. So, you know, one of the things that marketers get a lot is tunnel vision, which is thinking about the way that you describe your product or solution in a way that only you understand it. So you might be using some industry lingo or jargon, not really thinking about how your end user, the person who buys your product, your customer or your client, how are they looking for that particular product or solution, right? What kind of problems do they have? And so it's really coming down to the message of what it is that you're, you're selling, for example, and how are you helping your end user or end customer? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, I think the classic mistakes we all make is that you know, we get so excited about our product and kind of the features and you know, maybe go to benefits. Really, you know, most clients in today's busy world, they just want the results. And we've got to exactly. communicate that versus all the process and all that. What about people? I mean, you know, this is one, geez, you know, if we didn't have to deal with the difficulty of clients and didn't have all these employees, life would be a lot easier. You know, well, the people are super <laughs> important. Without them, we'd have no sales. Uh, those customers are super necessary. And so the better we understand them, typically the better our businesses do. And, and that comes down to really understanding, you know, who your, your potential customers are, what do they look like? You know, what are their demographics and psychographics? What kind of problems do they have? And then really trying to separate these into buyer personas. So really understanding who's the coach, for example. You know, who's a high-end financial advisor? Who's a beginner who's just starting out right now? Uh, what kind of sophistication do they have? You know, how do they graduate from one system to the next and progress basically in, in their career, right? What's their income level like? So are they more likely to consume a video coaching program or are they more likely to read blog posts? So once you start really like refining all of this down and, and start creating these buyer personas, I can actually create a persona called John and then put some characteristics of what John looks like and where he lives and what kind of content he consumes, for example, which really helps me uh, shape all the content that I do. So without understanding your people, it's impossible to write content in a way that 
um, you know, appeals to specific buyer demographics. Yeah, this is one of the things that I think my team does really well, uh, is that, you know, we, we've been in the industry forever, both on, we have two businesses, one going ahead and really having the privilege of coaching some of the top financial advisors in the world. And mm -hmm. the second is matching successful uh, business owners with the right financial advisors that can address their challenges. And, and what we find is the, you know, we have our own opinion, having been in the industry for an awful long time and we're right, but we're, we also find that by doing regular surveys and you know reaching out the different ways that we can now, I mean, so cost effectively, there's always that 15 to 20 percent that we're surprised when we do these surveys, and that allows us to put together, you know, whether it's an avatar or ideal client or however you describe it. I mean, it's it, it, you can really have these people, you know, you know, make them real and paint that picture, and it's a lot easier to serve them both in the marketing prior to being a client and then through the client experience. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, what what would you, how, how do you see, you know, because so many businesses don't do surveys. I mean, how would you see, uh, what would you be recommending to your fellow entrepreneurs who, you know, they're kind of, they're, they've got a successful business, but they're not really clear. And, you know, I'm big on this concept of uh, focus in, simple and elegant. I mean, and that's why I love the digital stuff now because you can yeah. you can measure, you can get focused. We're going to talk about how to do that, but how do you identify who it is that you really want to work with? Well, so there's lots of ways of being able to get survey data without actually doing a survey. So, you know, if you're getting any amount of traffic on your site and you've got some analytics software on there, maybe it's Google Analytics, for example, or even if you just have a customer list, you've got email addresses and phone numbers, uh, between Facebook and Google, you can upload that data in and understand some pretty neat characteristics about your, your list, essentially. This could be a list of your existing customers, right? Um, if you have something like Google Analytics, they've got some amazing demographic data in there that helps you get down to income, age levels, for example, affinity segments, so they can tell you what kinds of affinity segments they basically have. Are they movie lovers or Netflix watchers, for example? And then when you start really pairing and sort of stacking those things together, you can start building, a, uh, you know, they're painting a picture uh, of being able to do that. The other thing that I really recommend are micro surveys. So not the typical survey that takes five minutes to, to, to finish, for example, and you, you, know, you might give something like a $50 Amazon gift card. The uptake rate on those is pretty low. You, know, you get something between a 0.5 to 1% uh, participation rate. But if you started doing micro surveys, these are where you might see a little sort of um, popover on a page that some asks you a question like, was this page helpful to you? Mm -hmm. What was the one reason why you didn't check out today? And it's usually a multiple choice question or a radio checkbox. That can give you a ton of good data from people that you've already paid for in terms of acquiring the traffic, or that maybe they're people that are on your list and they've come in through some email promotions you're doing or whatever. But the point is that you want to really use the existing traffic you have to constantly pull them to see whether their user experience is really uh, you know, meeting the standard that you're setting out in terms of the content you're creating. Okay, so we've, we've got you know, the first three now. I mean, we've taken care of you know, Very first, we've got the platform. You know, we're going to have all our content based. We've we got clarity on the product. Mm -hmm. And we've now really understand who we're marketing to. And we've used these sophisticated tools. We've got the people. 
this is one I think uh, my fellow entrepreneurs, we all want to race out and market right away. And, and if we don't lay this foundation that you've been saying, I mean, you can waste an awful lot of money. But how, how do you see, you know, I mean, we set a, a really dev, uh, a high bar. We said if you want to double or triple your revenue, uh, you know, a lot of us kind of go, oh, you know, you roll your eyes at there's no way that could ever happen. How do you do that kind of promotion to, to actually build to that level? Right. Well, it can be done. We, we did about $500 million of business that we generated purely through SEO for our clients uh, last year. And you have to get these three, first three things right to be able to do the fourth pillar of predictable growth, which is promotion. And so this is where, like you said, most, uh, most entrepreneurs want to be able to get more traffic is usually what they say. And usually that'll be through paid search, uh, could be Facebook ads, could be through Google AdWords, or they want to do it through SEL. But the key over here is ultimately all of these mechanisms, whether it's through AdWords or through uh, organic search or at, you know, what we call SEO, they're intent-based marketing. Well, that means that people are having problems or looking for solutions online. You need to be able to get in front of them, right time, right place, right person. That's where the mix basically is. If you can get in front of them at that point, then you have a chance of being able to, uh, to really earn that click. But once you've earned the click, what's that post-click experience like? That's what number one, two, and three really help address. Um, and it's really funny because you start seeing sort of the dynamics of where marketers and entrepreneurs spend their dollars. For every $100 that's spent, you know, $98 is spent on acquiring traffic and only $2 are spent on converting that traffic. So it's kind of a... Uh, I would say a heads backward type equation, right? You should be spending a lot more time trying to get the people that already land on your, your content to engage with you so that you can nurture them and convert them than try to get more people. So a little bit like a, a leaky bucket, if you will, trying to get more in the top with very little coming down the bottom. I know when I've tried doing it uh, the wrong way, I mean, it's, so I, I've grown most of my business organically and, you know, bringing people to us and, when and we know our client, you know, who our ideal client is, the avatar, we're really clear on demographics and psychographics, and we've used some of the tools that you've talked about. But when we prototyping maybe new businesses, you get so excited about it, you don't really do the first three, you just kind of go out and test promote these things. And you know, even though you can control spending fairly easily, you get so excited yeah. with all the clicks that you're getting. And uh, the, what I've, I've found so often when I've talked to my fellow entrepreneurs, the incongruency between what, yeah, okay, you had a great message, you could get a lot of clicks, but if you don't take care of the rest of the experience, taking them through a nurture all the way through to becoming a client and then continuing to serve them well, it falls apart pretty quickly. Absolutely, I see it all the time. <laughs> well, and, and so one of the things that, Dev, I, I wanna go, because you know, I was introduced to you for this the search engine optimization. Uh, and and we were talking before I turned on the camera is one, uh, particularly on the financial advisor side, less on the business side, but on the financial advisor side, you know, people don't usually wake up, at least my experience with financial advisors in the morning to go ahead and um, do a Google search or a Bing or a Yahoo search for top coach for financial advisors. I think when I look at the key word, it's, you know, about a hundred uh, in a month. So it's, you know, I, I don't know, I'm gonna put a lot of time in to capture those hundred. 
uh, type thing, but maybe I should. That's another thing. Uh, but you know, when you you get into these um, places, you know, I mean, boy, if there's a path where, like on my business side, I know people are searching for solutions, and they're they're ready. They've already they're kind of they've talked with some other advisor, and they're not sure whether it's right. And they'd love to get a second opinion. I'd I'd love to jump in right at that point and have a great conversation. So how, how do you help those two different groups think through the marketing? Because you know, I, the the entrepreneurs we have have both those. Yeah, you know, well, it it really comes down to push and pull marketing. SEO is great when the intent of the customer basically exists when they're you know out there looking for solutions to their problems, whether that's a coach or a product or a service, for example. Uh, it's fantastic because SEO, the organic side of the search results get as a paid side does. And that's purely because people love to buy, but they don't like being sold. And they mm -hmm. trust organic search results a lot more than the paid ones. Uh, so if there is already you know, a, a fair amount of volume, you, know, you want to fish where the fish are essentially, then SEO works fantastic. But it's also a demand harvesting medium. So what that means is if people are not rolling out of bed and looking for you know, someone like yourself in terms of being a, um, a financial advisor coach, then you, you can't necessarily use SEO to be able to, to tap that. Now what you could do is you could start building a market essentially. So if you look at like HubSpot, um, they coined the term inbound marketing. It took them about seven to eight years for that term to, to be searched enough through their content marketing efforts, now they dominate it because they basically mm -hmm. created the industry. So you can always end up doing that, but then if you do that, it's the long game that you're playing. If you're, if you're in the, uh, the process of trying to get in front of coaches who could use an advisor, uh, or rather a, a financial um, advisor who could use a coach, you want to think about other particular uh, channels, like Facebook would be a fantastic one, or even using Google AdWords with uh, the display network and getting onto the forums where um, financial advisors talk to each other. And that would be a good way of, of you know, putting an, an ad right in front of them when they're talking about how they could double down on their earnings, for, for earnings, earnings goals for 2016. It's so important. And one of the things I'd encourage everybody to, you know, don't think we're talking financial advisors because of my business, but I want you to be thinking about your business. And, you know, these tools, I mean, this is pretty universal. I mean, there, I don't know, Dev, is there a business that you've not been able to help digitally? I mean, you know, somebody that's having, you know, you can have startups that they, they've never got a proven product, but if somebody's having success, you know, um, offline, uh, I just can't imagine one that can't do it digitally. No, I, I haven't encountered really a business yet. I mean, there, there's been certain types of businesses that are difficult to promote. For example, in the pharmaceuticals niche or in, you know, if they were selling guns or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it depends on really on the country, right? So I know in the U.S. it's different, but in Canada you can't really promote, for example, firearms products, right? So if that's the case, then that becomes definitely a little bit more, more difficult. But if you have a market and you're selling product today offline, you're 100% people are at least researching it online and then buying it offline. Yeah, and I mean, there's all kinds of studies that almost every transaction that happens of any significant dollar amount, and we're not even talking very high dollar amount, mm -hmm. that there is, you know, depending on which study you believe, somewhere between 78 and 98% of the time they're doing a search to make sure they're making the right decision. Okay, let's go to the last P, and this is performance. And what do you mean when you talk about performance here? 
So at a high level, what I'm talking about is identifying the key performance indicators that predict success. So you need to know what that actually looks like. And step one is to step away from vanity metrics. So things like traffic or impressions or, or eyeballs. I mean, a lot of agencies really even still say, how many eyeballs are you getting? And I don't know how they really survive in this day and age, but really talking about the metrics that matter, which are at the end of the day, uh, the only one metric that you should be measuring is ROI. Uh, there's something called return on ad spend, ROAS as well, that can be useful. But if you're not driving revenue and sales through your digital marketing, then you know what's it really good for anyways? Um, from a performance perspective, what you really want to pay attention to is identifying your heroes and separating them from your losers. And what I find in any campaign usually is the 80-20 Pareto principle still applies. 20% of what you're doing is producing 80% of your results. So, and this is what I talked about at, uh, at Mastermind Talks, which mm -hmm. was in terms of content, you know, 20% of your content is generating 80% of your leads. And if you go look at your analytics today, just go into your reports and start seeing how much traffic your blog posts have been generating, you'll find that again, somewhere between uh, five to 20% of your blog posts are generating 80% of your traffic. Those are the heavy hitters. It just goes to show that if you didn't actually have a, a digital analytics measurement model, a way to basically have a yardstick to know what success looks like, you're basically, you know, you're flying and um, essentially doing a bunch of things and seeing what sticks at that point in time. And that's no way to be able to actually scalably grow a business. Well, I'll tell you, this is to me one of the most exciting parts of it. That what happens, uh, I never you know, really started using digital marketing about six years ago. And, and, you know, financial guys, so I'm you know, very comfortable with numbers and return on investment and so on. But marketing for most financial services firms, even today, is kind of like, okay, that feels good. And we, you know, I've got a great marketing group working with me, a big team. And, and what we find is we no longer have debates anymore. Uh, because what's so powerful about digital is... You know, the concept of separating the heroes and losers is very hard analog. But once you get to digital, what you can do is you don't have to spend a lot of money to test ideas. So if somebody says, I really think this is a great idea, it's, you know, the response of the whole group is, well, test it. You know, test it, yep. prove it. And that's a lot of fun. That's a big difference. And you know when you're doing it right versus wrong is if you have a lot of conversations with your team where you say, I feel like it's working versus <laughs> I know this is working, whenever an emotion comes in and you're talking about how you feel or you think, uh, at that point in time, you don't have a measurement model that everybody can agree on. It is, really is binary. You're either succeeding or you're not. And that's where you know knowledge basically comes in. But that means having to agree upon the same uh, barometer or yardstick to measure what success looks like. Well, and I know you were talking about at Mastermind Talk, I, I was hearing that, you know, this hero and loser, and this is something that is one of those blindingly obvious concepts that nobody does really, you know, to the level they should, where, you know, when you have something that's running, you know, reallocating the spend to the heroes mm -hmm. and just that magnitude of growing is just pretty phenomenal. And if you just do that, you know, it's compounding returns basically. So if you make a discipline out of doing that where you're rewarding the, the hero campaigns, the hero blog posts, the hero lead magnets, for example, again and again, you're, guess what? You're going to start doubling down on growth really quickly. 
but having that discipline is what I see that most firms don't have. They just don't have the, the rigor uh, built up at that point in time. And you know, working with a partner or having somebody in-house to actually build that practice can make all the difference. But I, and I, we have, you know, kind of a, I outsource everything. So, um, you know, we, but I have some key people I've worked with. And one of the things that, that I've found is bringing, even when you have, I have a really good team and, you know, weekly we go over all, at least I'm included. They go over it more frequently than that. But weekly I see kind of the heroes and losers and, you know, what recommendation changes. And, you know, we're, we're trying not to change too much at once, but just, you know, you got that control or that baseline and then seeing if you can, that's working and can you, you're always competing against your best. And it's, boy, it's a yep. great way of doing it. But I, I've also found by bringing in outside, you know, really, you know, very talented people like yourself, there, there's, there's so little, I mean, this is where if you can change two or 3% of kind of how you do something, oftentimes that's where it really takes off. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you take like the 80-20 rule and double down on it, it turns out to be a 96 and a four, right? So really 4% of what you're doing is producing 96% of your returns when you really start digging into it and identifying what that 4% is and just making it minutely, you know, 10, 20, 30 points better can mean, mean all the difference. Well, let me go, and this is a good time to do it, to resources. And uh, Dev, I wanna pull up on the screen, I'm pulling up your website. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this, uh, we, can, we have it at the aesnation.com. You can go, we have the show notes, the transcripts, and all the links that we're talking about. But, you know, they go to your company powered by search. H how would they learn more about you? I did, I actually did do analysis on my website when I first went to Adove, and that's one of the reasons why I confirmed that I need to talk <laughs> with you. I, I think we have a really good one, and you pointed out even on the simple test that there's room for improvement. But what, what, will, what will they find there? Well, I think you could go over to our resources section. We've got tons of content on there, depending on whatever channel it is that you're trying to optimize, whether that's trying to figure out how to you know, hire a digital agency, or you want to watch a webinar on the mistakes that you shouldn't be making with your AdWords campaigns or your Facebook campaigns. It's all over there. So I encourage you guys to basically check it out. Um, and there's also a, a conference that we do as well, John. It's called InboundCon. That's let, let me put that up on the screen and you know we every October you do this now is that correct That's in Toronto right, yes. in Toronto in Toronto Ontario yeah in Canada and uh, it's only its sort of fourth year running at this point in time so we have a great bunch of people come out about 300 to 400 people all marketers it's a one day intensive conference and you learn the whole digital marketing stack from you know how to acquire traffic to engaging it, to converting it, and then building loyal advocates. So who should come to an event like this? I always struggle because I'm kind of the, you know, I'm a good technology user and leader of my group, but I don't really want to get down to the nth degree because, you know, my yeah. job is kind of orchestrate. Um, but should the, you know, the senior kind of uh, the CEO, should it be, you know, the technology people, marketing people, who should come to this kind of stuff? You want to look for people who have sort of an intermediate or a senior level sort of stake in the success of the business. So, you know, it could be you and your second in command from whoever, to, you know, that that is in marketing. Uh, there's a number of things that even as a business owner, you'll learn that are not down to the nitty gritty level. Things like consumer psychology, things like being able to improve your copywriting on your landing pages, 
the latest techniques in being able to drive down cost of, of acquisition in your paid search campaigns, and just to be able to, you know, even if you take out one golden nugget out of that, basically, I mean, what we did last year was really say that that one golden nugget could be a million dollars in, in revenue difference for you uh, if you just were able to take that away and actually actionably, you know, um, uh, actionably apply it to your business. And in fact, on the Resources Center, you should be able to see all our videos from last year. So if you want to see what the quality of the conference really is, check it out because it's got some of North America's best digital marketing experts coming out there. Dov, let me put you on the spot one time here on it. The, sure. <laughs> w one of the challenges for guys like me that are a little bit knowledgeable, my fellow entrepreneurs, they know just enough to be dangerous on this stuff, you know, picking the right digital agency. I, I got to tell you, it's been hard and and mm -hmm. I've made mistakes along the way. So ha probably everybody, it, you know, it's one thing and marketing people some kind. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody do this, but they can over promise things. Uh, yeah. And digital marketers can do that, too. How, how would you sort out, you know, help uh, fellow entrepreneurs of successful businesses sort out, you know, finding the right digital agency to work with? So we've actually created a resource on how to, how to hire a digital marketing agency in our resources section that you can go download. But I'll summarize some of the points in it. Basically, you want to work with a partner that will open the kimono, so to speak. So if, it's, if there's anything that's black box or esoteric about their practices that's so proprietary that they can't talk to you about it, you probably want to run for the hills at that point in time. You Let me just stop you. When they ask you to sign a non-disclosure agreement, because it's so proprietary, that's go somewhere else. I mean, the financial yeah, guys point. do that too. And it's just- Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So other than that, I would say look for, uh, you know, success leaves clues, of course. So start looking at uh, case studies of what they've done for other businesses. It doesn't always have to be the case that they've done it exactly for the same type of business that you're really in. But generally speaking, successful agencies uh, will use a framework basically uh, that they apply to all the businesses that they work with. But you want to look for some case studies and ideally you want to connect with some of their existing clients as well and see what their experience is, you know, 90 days in. So the first sort of 100 days really matter in being able to work together and see if you gel well. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, at 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, basically working together. So if you are able to, to you know, ask the agency tough questions or they're not able to skip a, a beat, basically, and being able to get back to you, really that builds value and trust in the relationship. You also want to look for somebody who basically you know, under promises and over delivers rather than the other way around. Uh, great advice. I think uh, if everybody follows that, they will do exceptionally well. Let me uh, summarize what I've heard because um, these are the key takeaways that I'm walking away from, and they're really good. I mean, you know, the five pillars of this is important: predictable growth. This is right. this is what we're all looking for. You know, so that started out with you know the whole platform, and as you're creating content, the different tools. I mean, having the right platform. It just makes it so much easier and then getting clear on the product and you know the simple and elegant what you're out there actually delivering and then the people getting clarity on who you're going to deliver it who is it resonating because there's so many tools out there and you know i talked about surveys but uh you know they cost money and, and the response rates are right along you know the half to one percent and that's with some pretty big incentives and so on but the analytics, I've been blown away with Facebook and Google, you know, just what they just show for free is uh, mm. pretty amazing. So, 
you know, and, and the, the micro surveys, we've done just a tiny bit of that that they've talked about. It just can be really powerful. And then the promotion. I mean, there's just so many different ways to do this. This is where working with the right person, because you can waste, uh, having done this, uh, you can waste so much time. And then when you have the right person that actually knows it, can, you know, do the test, do it cost effectively, get the market to respond and take off. It's pretty amazing. And and the, the best part that I love, and Dove talked about it a lot, is the, you know, the performance, the KPIs, the, the key performance indicators. And the big one to me as a financial person is return on investment. And unlike everything else out there, digital marketing is now, I mean, compared to the days of running print ads and you know, hoping it works or TV or this or that, it's so easy to measure this stuff. And you know, really, every one of you owes it to yourself. If you want to accelerate your success, really make a bigger difference with more people in your own enlightened self-interest so that you do even better, you, you've got to really take these actions and run with it. Dev, I, I want to thank you for taking the time today. I know you're really busy and, you know, the transcript, I'm a point above me. I've got AESNation.com, the transcripts there, the links to uh, everything we showed, including the resources, Dev. I will put also, I, I, I'm going to pull off and just have with your permission that selecting the right digital agency and Dev, you're still taking uh, clients, I'm assuming, too? Yep. <laughs> okay. And then also the conference too. And uh, really appreciate one of the things that as entrepreneurs, if we were going to accelerate our success even more, we got to use these tools. Your clients are counting on you, but you know who's really counting? Those future clients are going to make a huge difference. Wish you the best of right. success. Thanks, John. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs aesnation.com